Welcome to episode 103 of All In with Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to speak about the Jets' victory over the Cleveland Browns this past Sunday. And just a few scattered thoughts from across the league. So, the the Jets won in the most improbable fashion you could come up with. Um, I want to say, uh, the Jets were down 13 minutes with 1 minute 55 seconds left in the game. The last, I want to say, I read the stat, I forget what it was. I think the last 2,220 games or something like that that had, a, that had a team lead by that much with that little time left concluded with the team with the lead winning. Now, of course, the Browns buck conventional wisdom and what we're used to because they're the Browns and the Browns are going to Brown. And here we are. And the Jets won 31-30 to in the most improbable of ways. So... Um, I thought Mike LaFleur, I'll start with the offense. I thought Mike LaFleur got kind of unfairly bashed last week. Now, I, I'm not here to say, the, the whole Garrett Wilson, we're not going to play because we're going to go with three tight ends during the game. We're going to go heavy. And then the, the he needs to know the XYZ, FGB, ATC, whatever bullshit they was doing after the game as far as why he wasn't on the field and we need to get him up to speed with everything and da 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 all that shit was stupid. So I'm not here to de- I'm not here to defend Mike LaFleur on that account, right? But I saw some of the all 22 breakdowns. Like I saw I saw granted I I'm not I'm not some professional film watcher and quite frankly I'm not going to pretend like I understand everything that's going on at every play. Like that is for the offense. And, and I guess people who played the game, people who cranked the game, studied the game on that kind of level, that ain't really for me. So my opinion on, I guess, offensive scheme and play calling and all that is kind of more, I don't really complain until it's about sequencing, like second and eight draw plays, shit like that. Now, with that said, there were plenty of people open on film. Why Joe Flacco didn't hit them, I don't fucking know. Maybe maybe he was frazzled because he was getting, he was getting pounded by, by, by the, the Ravens defensive line last week. Maybe he's just not that aggressive anymore at age 37. Maybe he's just not trying to be playing no more. I don't know what it is. And quite frankly, yesterday he wasn't that much better. He was better. Like, the offense was better. They moved the ball. You know, they had they had a drive stalled by an unfortunate turnover. You know, they moved the ball pretty... They, they moved the ball effectively enough throughout the course of the day, even though Flacco was not particularly good. His stat line looks a lot better than he was because the Browns collapsed on themselves. But I don't think... I, I don't think Mike LaFleur was as bad as people claim he was last week. And I don't think Mike LaFleur is as good as people claimed he was this week. They moved the ball pretty effectively on a good unit with the worst starting quarterback in, in the NFL. And LaFleur deserves some credit for that just by default before you get into the nuts and bolts and the X's and O's of it, right? 
he deserves credit. Like, his unit performed well in a hostile environment against one of the league's best front, front fours and one of the league's best defensive players, one of the league's best pass rushers. And they performed admirably enough with a bad quarterback in place. Now, if Nick Chubb goes down on the one or on the two yard line, one yard line, whatever, with a minute fifty five left, the Jets have seventeen points, and Joe Flacco has looked like well, Joe Flacco, and we're probably having a different conversation. And we're not lavishing Mike Lafleur with praise today. And this comes from somebody who likes Mike Lafleur. I don't think Week One was about Mike Lafleur. I don't think Week Two was about Mike Lafleur. Joe Flacco got the ball to open receivers, at least better than he did last week. Garrett Wilson was open the whole day. Elijah Moore is always open. He got the ball to them more effectively this week than he did last week. That, that to me, is the biggest difference. Did Mike LaFleur make adjustments? I'm sure the film will show that he did. But a lot of the people who are, like, oh, Mike LaFleur made adjustments. He had a way better week. They can't tell you exactly what adjustments that he did make. And, and that's kind of the problem with these conversations. And it's like... It, what, did he tell Joe Flacco to throw the ball down the field? Like, I- I'm sure he didn't tell him not to in the first place. So Joe Flacco did do that. He did it better than he did last week. And the offense looked better. Like, we're at the point where Garrett Wilson looks so good so quickly. He-, he even looked good last week when he played. He looked so good so quickly. And Elijah Moore, I feel like we have a good grasp of what he is at this point. If Zach Wilson comes in and is not good, I'm talking about, like, legitimately good like top 13, top 12 kind of good. If he's not, well, I mean, quarterback is a pretty deep position. He could be, he could, he could conceivably be the 15th best quarterback can be good. So I'm just talking about legitimately good, like you, you see a future with this guy. If this guy comes in as not legitimately a good quarterback, he's probably a waste man. He's probably not worth the shit. Seriously, because those dudes stay open. As long as the offensive line isn't a disaster unit, which, I mean, they're probably, it, it wasn't great the first two weeks. They're probably going to see better matchups than they got the first two weeks. If the offensive line is not just complete rubbish and Zach is not good, then he is a problem. Sim- simply put, he needs to be replaced. Because they got the stuff in place. They got two good playmaking running backs. They got two good playmaker wide receivers. Um, Tyler Conker is not bad. He ain't great by any means. But, you know, he's a functional tight end who could do some stuff with the ball in his hands. And they got a good play caller. Everything is in place. Everything is in place. If Zach is not good, he ain't it. It's really, really simple. If he ain't good, he ain't it. But, I mean, yesterday to me was just, I mean, the Browns lost that game whether the Jets won it. I, I don't want to sound like the hater, but that's just the truth. Like, Was I impressed with Joe Flacco's performance yesterday? No. Was I really impressed with the Jets overall? Not really. Garrett Wilson did his thing. Like, Elijah, there's still some meat left on the bone with him, like, as far as actual statistical production, but he stayed open. He did his thing. The defense really was bad the majority of the evening. Like, they they made Jacoby Brissett look like, like, look like, look like college Marcus Mariota, for God's sake. Like, they made him, like, he was, he was moving, he was running around the pocket, da 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 doing all, um, escaping, escaping pressure in the pocket. They made him look way better than he is. And the run, and the run defense was pathetic. Now, Nick Chubb is going to do what Nick Chubb does. Kareem Hunt's going to do what Kareem Hunt does. And they got a great offensive line, a great scheme. All right, man. Not, not knocking any of it. I'm not getting bent out of shape because the defense look bad against the, the Browns run game. A lot of defenses do. Oh, I wake up pretty good. <laughs> 
he just look at you with that little smirk like that. You know how Bush look at you? Like, you know I fucked you. But well, what you gonna do about it? Nothing. But will I that impressed with the with, with the app? No. It, it, it's nice to be on the winning end of some shit like that, though, for a change. You know what I'm saying? It's nice to be on the winning end of the collapse. And, like, the biggest takeaway is that Garrett, Garrett Wilson, like, he is Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson is him. That's the biggest fucking takeaway, man. Again, he showed it last week. The the, the draft Knicks and I like I, I I'm 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 cool with a lot of Ohio State fans. Like they were telling me when we drafted when I, I wasn't super excited because I didn't know enough about the guy personally. Like I like I knew what I read and it was like, oh yeah, he's a good prospect. Blah, blah, blah. But the Ohio State fans were steadily telling me like I don't understand how good he is. Because all I got is what I read from the film Knicks and the draft Knicks and all that. I didn't understand quite how good he is. I was like, okay, we'll see. And then game one, he came. I was like, hmm, okay, I, 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 I kind of see it. I kind of understand. But yesterday, I was like, yo, I really fucking understand. Like, I get it. I get it. I understand that they were right. Like, he looks like him. Because we can't make the excuse that it was a bad defense. It was not. We can't make the excuse that it was about the quarterback because it was not. Garrett Wilson just dominated. In the second career, in the second pro game, in Ohio, in in familiar stomping grounds, and he put up that line on f- what fifteen targets, and he scored two touchdowns, including the game winner. Like he might be him. They might have found themselves an, another alpha. I think Elijah's an alpha. This guy looks like an alpha. They might have found themselves a, like a co ones. It's beautiful. I'm not getting my, ahead of myself, with Zach Wilson, because. Last year was what it was with him. He was he was awful. He had one of the worst rookie seasons ever recorded. Was it all his fault? No. I'm not here to make that argument. Um, am I high on him, per se? Not particularly. But I appreciate how the Jets have built around him because, as I said not too long ago in this podcast, if he's not good, we know it's him. And we know he ain't shit. Simply put. Because they got the weapons around him. If he ain't good, he ain't it, man. Simple point. They got they, they got them two receivers. Like Corey Davis is not bad. He's we haven't spent much time talking about him. He ain't bad. Barrios is a fine slot guy. You got two good running backs. Like you got everything you need. If Zach ain't it, he ain't it. If Zach ain't good, he ain't it, man. But let's take a minute to bang on the Browns a little bit. So there's been there's been talk after the game about how Nick Chubb should have went down, how he shouldn't have scored, and this that. And it's like all right. If Nick Chubb gets down, the game is objectively over, okay? That's an indisputable fact. The game is over. It would have been two minutes left. The Jets had no time. I was taking a kneel the clock out. I'm not here to argue that at all. Um, I think people are harping on that a little bit too much given that, A, the Browns missed an extra point. B, the Browns then blew a coverage and left Corey, Corey Davis by himself. C, the Browns then didn't recover the onside kick. D, the Browns then let Joe Flacco go whatever, 65 yards, whatever it was, 50 yards. I don't, I don't remember how long the drive was. Notice, I named four different components of an epic collapse. Four. That had nothing to do with Nick Chubb. Had everything to do with their defense and their special teams. Could Nick Chubb have gone down? Yes. Should he have? Probably, I guess. Like... They went up by two touchdowns with a minute and 50 left in the game. That should not be some death knell. 
for your team. Like you went up by two touchdowns with a minute fifty left. The game should have been done. It should have been. The Browns do. The Browns pulled off a, 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 an unforgettable choke. And we're focused on the guy who went for like 140 yards and scored three touchdowns. It shouldn't be that. I'm not saying to not bring it up. I wouldn't personally, because to me, like that's like, as far as the collapse, you want to look at um, the 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 itinerary of the fucking collapse. Chubb like sixth on the list, seventh. I mean, you have miscommunications. You got guys running free. You got letting Joe Flacco go fifty-five yards, whatever to tie it to 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 eventually win the game. You got missing an onside kick. Nick Chubb is not high on that list, and Nick Chubb was the main reason they were up thirty to seventeen in the fucking first place. So, I mean, you had the Jets players and coach them out like we knew we had a chance when he scored, and that's technically true because the only chance you had was him scoring as as much as that as much as the odds were not in your favor fucking clearly duh no shit like the only chance you had was him scoring and you pulling off a miracle and they did to their credit they did with a lot of Browns assistance but they did but the biggest takeaway man Garrett Wilson is him like I I thought he was a good prospect I felt pretty confident in that and uh, I might have sold him short he looks like he might be one of them ones. Simple and plain. It looks like he might be one of them ones. And the Jets get a struggling Bengals team next week. Um, I'm not getting too high on the Jets. Again, the Browns gift-wrapped them the game. And the Bengals might come, in look, might come in looking for blood. So I'm not here to get myself wrapped up and look forward. I would just rather enjoy the win for what it is. Enjoy watching Garrett Wilson's highlight clip, highlight clips over and over and over again, and keep it pushing. But the Jets have a good chance to bury the Cincinnati Bengals next week because we can say whatever you want about Joe Burrow, we can say whatever you want about the Bengals. I, I don't know what the numbers are specifically, but I know zero three teams don't be making the playoffs, bro. Like I know that much. They don't be making the playoffs. The Bengals go to zero three, they might be cooked. So the Jets have a chance to. To bury their season. Now, the Bengals also realize this. Joe Burrow still Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase still Jamar Chase. The offensive line struggling, but it's I I expect them to to bring their A game, and we'll see what the Jets do with it. So, just random stuff across the league. The Dolphins and the Ravens was interesting because I I think the Ravens the, the Ravens were up three touchdowns at two different points of the game. The Ravens allowed 28 fourth quarter points, bro. 28. 28 fourth quarter points. Two or two for six touchdowns, bro. Six. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle both had two. Jazeki had one. And some, some dude I've never heard of. River Kukraft? I don't know who that is. But he had one. Look. I, I, I thought that the Miami offense was going to be good. Not because I think I believe in Tua to that degree. Not because I think he's going to be throwing those six touchdowns regularly and no shit like that. I, like, I thought the, the Miami offense would be good because it's hard to fuck up having a good offensive coach and two of the league's most explosive wide receivers who also happen to be wildly talented. This ain't running out McCole Hardman and Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling who just run fast and they don't do anything else well. This ain't that. 
Them two, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are wildly talented and explosive on top of that. It's hard to fuck that up because they could beat you vertically and they, they could break a game open vertically and horizontally. And you have a coach who understands how to utilize all of this. This is no different than that. This is me. All right? I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win. Like, it, it's a hard team to deal with. All Tua has to do is just not vomit on himself week in and week out. Like, the Ravens defense has their issues. No questions about it. Like, they did what they did last week. But, again, you look at the All-22, there was dudes running open. It was just a matter of, you know, the quarterback finding them, and he didn't. So, 42, 28 in the fourth quarter is wild. Do, do, do we expect this every week? No. Clearly not. But I think Miami's offense is going to be good. Tua's numbers by year-end might look good. Um, unfortunately for us. Because, well, we're Jets fans. Jaguars and Colts, I, I don't have much to say about this game outside of, first of all, getting shut out by the Jaguars is wild. Losing my three touchdowns is wild. And what is it about the Colts and Jacksonville that they just don't perform there? Like, their playoff seeds was, their, their, their playoff hopes were on the line last year. They got they got thrashed in the same place in week 17, week 18, excuse me. What is it about that place that brings out the worst in them? That's all I have to ask. I don't have anything else to add to that. Buccaneers and Saints. Yo, what is it about Mike Evans and and, Mar- and hitting Marshawn Lattimore when he's not looking? Why can't you? Why can't you square with him, Square up with him? Why? And like, if you look at how this um, kerfuffle started, it started because he was talking shit to Tom Brady. Marshawn Lattimore wasn't going to go hit Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady got a helmet on. He's a grown-ass man. He wasn't going to go hit Tom Brady. He wasn't going to go do nothing. He was just talking. He was talking. Tom Brady was talking. Like, he was. Talk- he said something. Tom Brady took took offense to it. Leonard Fournette came in, shoved Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore hit him back. And then Mike, Mike Evans blindsided him yet again for the, for the, for the what, the second consecutive? Oh, no. Two out of, like, the last three years or whatever it was. So... And then I saw a tweet from Pro, Fo- Pro Football Focus. I'm um, sorry, Pro Football Talk after the game. They're like, "Well, NFL is going to determine whether to suspend Mike Evans and or Marshawn Lattimore." What are they suspending Marshawn Lattimore for? What did he start? He didn't start shit. He was talking shit. Just we see it a hundred times a game. Tom Brady took offense and started doing his bitch ass yapping, and and then Mike Evans came in and blindsided the guy. What would Marshawn Lattimore be getting suspended for? If Mike Evans didn't come in and escalate the entire fucking thing, we're not having this fucking conversation. What the fuck did Lattimore... Like, Lattimore, I'm sure Lattimore is annoying. I'm sure of it. Like, you, you see how he gets down. You see how receivers like act towards him. I'm sure he's fucking annoying. And he'd be having Mike Evans in solitary confinement. I'm sure that, that doesn't help the cause either. So any any chance he, he could get to take him out, he's going he's gonna to try and take him out. But what did he do? Like, my game's over. It's Tom Brady. What you expect me to do? I don't know. Not blindsided guy. You get ejected from a 3-3 game in the fourth quarter? How about that? Tom Brady's a grown-ass man. He can handle himself. And Little Fournette was right there on top of that. Like, you didn't need to do anything. What do you expect me to do? Nothing, bro. Go back to the huddle. How about, how about that? Nothing. We didn't expect you to do shit. We didn't expect you to do nothing. Falcons, Rams. Uh, uh, Arthur Smith was... Asked about Kyle Pitts, I want to say, has four catches in two games. Something like that. Arthur Smith was asked about him at the game. He's like, oh, this is not fantasy football. 
All we're trying to do is go get wins. Da, da, da. And it's like, bro, my, my, my friend, you took this guy number four overall, number one. Number two, you sucked last year. You're 0-2 this year. So playing the whole, playing the whole that it's about wins remark does not work when you suck. Let me, let me make that clear. Playing the it's about winning card does not work when you suck. It don't. Like if the Falcons were, if the Falcons had won yesterday, and motherfuckers were talking about Kyle, Kyle Pitts targets, be my guest. I'll be the first one with you. Like granted, I have Kyle Pitts and fancy, but whatever. I'll be the first one with you. Like, all right, we were trying to win. We did that. Get off my back. I don't like Kyle Pitts stats. Don't really matter that much. The win does. Fine. You don't win. The Falcons don't win. You have not won since you got there. If you keep playing like this, you might you might be out of a job by the end of the year. And you're talking about, well, you know, we're just trying to win. Well, sir, first of all, you don't win. Second of all, hey, targeting the big six foot six fucking tight end who moves like who moves like that and has that kind of talent might fucking help, Arthur. It might. It might help. You ever think of that? It might fucking help. The Cardinals Raiders last I watched the last what? Seven minutes of that game. Kyler's performance on the last drive of regulation was absolutely astounding. And the touchdown, uh, was it the touchdown or the two-pointer? That he, no, the, the two-pointer. He ran in the touchdown. The two-point throw was unbelievable. Um, it's funny that we had all this talk about the AFC West and this, that, and the third. We're gonna, and granted, yo, the, Chargers, the Chargers look legit, but you know the Chargers and how they managed to, to fuck things up, right? The Chiefs are the Chiefs. And the Broncos look very mid. Like, they scored 16 points on the Texans, and Russell Wilson didn't exactly light the place on fire again. Uh, 30, uh, he completed 14 out of 31 passes for 219 yards. He didn't exactly light up the place, and he scored 16 points. Um, the Raiders are now 0-2 after losing to the Cardinals. And and the, the Raiders had a 20-0 lead in that, in that game. The AFC West probably is not as good as we thought it was. And by we, I mean y'all. It's not probably not good because the Raiders kind of are what they are, right? And Josh McDaniel, does, Josh McDaniel doesn't exactly inspire confidence. I don't. I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for me. He don't inspire inspire confidence. Derek Carr is fine, but he's not really. Derek Carr is not a team elevator. Like Derek Carr is cool, and you can win with him. He's not a team elevator. He's never been that guy. So here we are. They're zero two. They go to Tennessee next week. We'll see if Tennessee wants to act like they're worth the damn for a change. Bears and Packers, yeah, that I, I, they say that there's this rivalry with the Packers and Bears, and, and I mean I, I get it, I respect the history of the NFL. There's a rivalry, blah blah. Do we really need to see them on Sunday night every year? Like we do this every. No, granted, they've had some epic moments, okay. And, the, and like you had the the Aaron Rodgers uh, was was zooted game from whatever three years ago, four years ago, where where, where, where Randall Cobb scored the game with a touchdown. You had that. You had the division game. You had the game for the division in 2013, week 17. They've had some moments over the years. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock you. But most of the games end up with the Packers stomping the life out of the Bears. Do we need to see this every year? Every year, like every year, we th- there are two things you know are gonna happen as far as primetime scheduling. We're gonna get all the fucking NFC East games for some fucking reason, right? And we're gonna get Bears Packers on TV. We don't really need. Like I, I don't know about you. I don't need to see Eagles and Giants every year on national TV. I like I haven't looked at the schedule that deeply, but I can tell you 
off rip that the Eagles and Giants are likely playing the national TV game this year. We don't need that. We don't need Packers and Bears on national TV every year. We don't need that. But either way, if the Packers had managed to lose to the Bears, that would be big old panic time. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers wants to spell out R-E-L-A-X, R-E-S-B-E-C-T, I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. I don't care what the fuck he would have wanted to spell out. It would have been panic time. Now, they managed to win the game. We'll, we'll see what goes forward with the Packers. They, they, they had a pretty conservative game plan. Like, they ran the fuck out of the ball. So, we'll see what happens with the Packers going forward. We'll see what happens. But... Uh, that's it for me. Before I get out of here, I'd like to implore you to listen to the Middle Initial podcast and to also watch my show on Underdog Fantasy every Sunday, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Um, we discuss just the week in football and we, we talk our talk. Um, the, the selling point of the show is we, we talk like we would talk at a bar. We talk like we would talk at each other's houses, whatever you want to call it. Like We just talk like two normal dudes would be talking. And we, we put our spin on it. And we have fun with it. So subscribe there, 12 to 1 on Sundays. Listen listen to my podcast. Listen to the Middle Initial podcast. Um, and I will see you when I see you. Fuck the fame, get the name, and kick the game. Keep on.